Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I'm Richard Bliss. You're listening to episode 149. Got a great guest. We're going to talk about the impact of Kickstarter on the local friendly game store, the friendly local game store. Let's go to my guest. My next guest is someone who I have invited onto the show. They've been on the show before, but I brought them back because there's a huge discussion. By the way, this conversation is going to be totally focused on the board game industry and particularly the impact Kickstarter is having on the local game store, or it's known as the friendly local game store, FLGS. And there's some controversy and discussion about is the Kickstarter impact positive or negative with a large contingent of game stores believing that it's negative. And so what I wanted to do is have a conversation with a game store owner uh, who could actually shed a little bit of light on this, and, and we can have a conversation and talk about this. So I've invited Josh Giffens. Josh is the um, co-owner and manager of Boardwalk in Greenville, South Carolina. He's been on the show before. Josh, thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks for calling me. Thanks for having me on again. I appreciate you uh, reaching out to me, and I hope I can be helpful to you. Well, right now you are in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, correct? I am. I'm getting ready for the World Board Gaming Championships that are up here every year. And I got in today. It's Friday, and I'm looking for about nine days of playing games and relaxing and having fun with my friends. Nine days. That's uh, that's a lot of board gaming. It's a lot. <laughs> so let's talk about, let's talk about um, this conversation. This conversation has been going on now for a couple of years uh, about the impact there is – there is no question that Kickstarter is having an impact on board game stores and board game sales in general. Yes. Would you agree with that? I definitely agree that Kickstarter has had an impact on game sales. Okay. So now what we want to do is talk about is that impact good or bad when it comes to the local game store? Because there's, there is a body of – a group of game store owners who believe that the Kickstarter phenomenon is bad for business for the local game store. So help my listeners understand because most of the listeners are wannabe publishers or people who are maybe coming out with a games, uh, board game, and it would be helpful to understand the thought process that's going through the, the game store owner when they're looking at – Kickstarter. So what are some of these concerns? Sure. Um, some of the concerns that I've I've come across, and, you know, obviously I've been to a lot of conventions and trade shows and spoken with a lot of other store owners and gotten a lot of feedback from them. This is definitely a current issue and a hot topic for a lot of us. Uh, some of the concerns are it's, it's actually detrimental to your own store sales because your customers are going online and buying items that uh, are available on Kickstarter, so they're actually spending their money in that space instead of in my own store. So that's definitely a concern uh, that is being passed around and being discussed. Um, another thing is the availability of the product. Not all of the product is always available to stores. So if it's something that, again, it's made on Kickstarter and my customers go in there and getting, but I can't get into my own shop, well, how does that benefit me? It really doesn't benefit me. Okay, and another one would be uh, this talk about the flood of games that are coming and how it's somehow diluted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what's that one? Uh, there are almost every day you can go into the uh, the tabletop game section of Kickstarter and see three projects launched today, five projects launched tomorrow, six projects launched the next day. Um, it's it's increasing the, just the sheer volume of product out there. And we don't know, is it fracturing the gaming community? Is it diversifying the game community? 
Uh, really, the concern is there's too much too quick, and all of our customers are going, pledging onto those gains, and they basically have no money left. And what what can we do because all their money's gone? So there's too many products going at any given time that there's just you're just inundated with options. Are some of the games good? Are some of the games bad? How does that reflect on our stores, et cetera, et cetera, and our industry as a whole? If you know anybody can go on there and just launch a game and oh look, I can make a board game too, no big deal. And does that kind of water down the quality of the industry that we're in? Okay, so give us an idea of give us some context here. Um, as a game store owner, how many new games a month do you expect to bring into the store? Not if if Kickstarter wasn't involved. Uh, with my, I can only speak for my store personally. Um, any given month, I'm probably going to bring in the neighborhood of 10 to 20 new games. And, and that's a rough estimate. Some months, maybe a little bit less. Fourth quarter, a lot a lot of stuff's coming out for Christmas time and holidays and stuff, so there's more. But on average, I would say anywhere between 10 and 20 as a conservative estimate. Now, okay. again, take that with a grain of salt, sure, there could sure. be more. Because you have, a, you, you have a, a regional store. Um, you know, it's not too big. It's not too small. It's kind of a golden right. Box. I don't sell online. I only have one location, so your mileage may vary based on your store and your listener, and you know, kind of what you have exposure to where you are. But to give to give our listeners an idea, okay, your store brings in what did you say, ten to fifteen a month, maybe? Yeah. Okay, let's say that's the number. Brand, brand new, brand new games. So let's 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 go with twenty. We'll we'll even estimate on the high high conservative side. Well, I can go with fifty. So. And and then now to give you an idea of scale, that's coming from Fantasy Flight, Rio Grande, um, Mayfair, Days of Wonder, Asthma Day Games, all of the big publishers. That's that's me picking twenty games from big triple A companies that put out quality games that you've heard of before. Seven and, Wonders. And here and along Seven comes Kickstarter. And all the big stuff. Right, and along comes Kickstarter. And right now. Kickstarter is averaging somewhere between 150 and 200 new games a month. Yes. They're pumping out as many games in a month on Kickstarter as you expect possibly to bring into your store in a year, in 10 months, not counting the, the Christmas holiday season. Yeah, yeah, not counting fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, there's as many games in a month on Kickstarter being launched as I would expect new games for me to bring into my store. Now, there are plenty of games I choose not to bring in, but I'm just saying new titles that I've selected to bring in. Now, add on top of that an additional... Ten times. 120. Right, ten yeah, times more. Which is... Yeah, so that that's even more choices that I have to make, and who knows what those qualities are. The, ones I'm, the choices I'm making now, quality product from quality companies. I know what I'm getting. It's going to be a good game. Kickstarter, who knows? Okay. So we've got the dilution of the inventory, making it difficult to find the good games. We've got taking the excuse me, taking money out of uh, consumers' pockets that could have gone for games that you have in your store. Mm -hmm. Selling games that you would have sold in your store. So there's one where they're taking the money to buy a game that you don't carry, but that's money now that they're not going to spend on you. And then exactly. the, the other one is if you even wanted to bring that game in, there's a good chance, according to the pundits, that the people who wanted that game have already purchased it anyway. Have already bought it, yes. But let's say game game X, 
just so we don't call out anybody in particular. GameX is sold on Kickstarter, and I bring GameX into my store. Well, anybody that wanted it, they would have already bought it on Kickstarter, and now I can't sell it to them. So okay, so they, these, they've taken the sale away from me. <laughs> and now I – okay, and so these, these are legitimate concerns because this actually technically – I'm going to use the term technically because it technically is happening. Mm-hmm. But there's a but, and, and anybody who knows and listens to, has listened to my show or listened to me speak at Gamma or whatever, I disagree with the fundamental premise that Kickstarter is bad. I won't disagree with what was just been described, but what I will say is that the upside is so much stronger than the downside. And that's the part where the paths diverge from what I'm saying and what many game store owners are saying. So, because what I'm yeah, arguing, because what I'm arguing is that 100. First of all, I'm arguing who decided that the limit of how many games we have in the industry right now is the optimum limit. Some could say, well, it's taken 20 or 30 years and it's reached this balance. And I argue, no, there's been a limit of capital, a limit of resources, a limit of uh, distribution, a limit of retail sales, a limit of just sheer creativity, and now. That those limits are being blown open by a Kickstarter and the money that's pouring in, and I and it's changed the game. And so, yeah, if you don't adapt, then there's this problem. So, there's absolutely my, that's my that's, opinion. That's and my, that, that, yeah, and that and that's really kind of the side of the coin that I rest on. Also, is I've learned to adapt with Kickstarter in, in what and way? use it as a tool to leverage additional sales in my stores. Um, I have customers that I have customers that will back games on Kickstarter, and they will bring them into the store. Um, I can use the game specifically if you want me to, or I can sure. just speak but, in generalities. No, let's and I'm no, let's talk about some them. specifics. Okay. Um, recently, a project. Well, actually, I think a little bit last year, a project funded. Uh, the game is called Boss Monster, and that project went to fruition. It got published. It got printed. Uh, a customer of, mine, customer of mine backed that project. He told me he backed it. I was like, hey, man, that's great. I'm glad you did. That looks like a cool game. He brought it to the store the day he got it. He couldn't show enough people this game. He had way more enthusiasm for it than I ever could have just receiving it from my distributor and looking at it. He was showing the other players it. Everybody was having a great time. That Just him playing the game in the store generated pre-orders for the product that is coming to distribution for me. So him getting the game early sold four games the first day that he came to the store. And now everybody comes in, hey, do you have Boss Monster? Hey, do you have Boss Monster? Because he actually left it in the store for me to use the demo. So that's a perfect example of the alpha, prime, cutting-edge gamer on Kickstarter getting a project. Let him come to your store. Let him show it. Because the people that see it and play it now, they can't buy it on Kickstarter. Have They're going to ask you for it, and then you go to your distributor and you bring it to them. But they've probably – they might even have heard of it, right? They saw it. They looked at it. They thought about backing it. They didn't. Yes, and there's, a guy, there's actually a guy who said, I thought about backing this. I wasn't sure. I'm glad you brought it in, and he ordered it from me. So – have There's you, a lot of people out there that are on the fence. They're like, do I spend my $30 on this game I don't know about? Do I spend my $50 on this game I don't know about? Some projects are 100 or $200. They want to know it works, and if you have one guy or you as a store bring it in, 
you can do it and show them and you generate sales and use it as a tool, just like you would use a demo copy from a manufacturer or any of the other play programs. I mean, there are tons of people that bring games in the store that I may not have thought about buying or they get it early from, from Europe. It's almost no different than a, a release in Europe being available, but not in the U.S. Like that's kind of how I see it. Okay, it's available in Kickstarter, but I can't get it yet. These guys have it. They're showing it. Fantastic. I'll order it for you. I'll get it for you as soon as it comes in. Is there any particular game that you're looking at right now that uh, you're looking forward to having that exact experience uh, come into the store because you think that game's going to be very popular and going to sell a lot of it? Um, right now, as of right now today, um, I've been pretty busy doing other stuff, so I haven't been on Kickstarter much in the last two or three weeks. Um, so I don't know of any projects currently as of July 28th when we're having this conversation that I'm super excited about. I know that there's always good stuff in the pipeline. Uh, you kind of weed through it. You kind of look at it. There are any number of projects, and I really wish I had a name to give you because I would love to, no, that's all right. to get some help out there for anybody that I know. Um, what, uh, what other things? Cause you actually, can't go ahead. Um, I, I'm glad that I just remembered now that I said, no, I actually have the yes. A friend of mine in, they're actually in Canada. Um, his brother who lives in the U S he's doing a, a racing game called Carmageddon or no, I'm sorry. Karma race, not Carmageddon. That was the old video game. Karma race. And, I am a backer of that project, and it's a cool racing game, some cool mechanics on it. So I really like racing games. They're partial blowing things up and being the first person to cross the line. So I'm pretty excited for that project, and I'm going to bring it in and hopefully generate some of that buzz. So uh, that that is a game I'm actually really looking forward to coming out. You carry a lot of Kickstarter games in your store, right? Yes, I do. Why? For the reasons I just told you about with the Boss Monster example, um, you're going to have, the, again, the cutting-edge gamer that's going to get it on Kickstarter. But you're going to have a lot of people that find out about it from playing with them. Um, also, a lot of buzz gets generated when a, when a big project fires off at 200000 or 500000 or 600000 whatever that money brings in, and it creates some buzz within your community. Oh, did you see that game? It went for, you know, it got back at 600000 yeah, here it is right here. And so there, there's still a lot of residual kind of echoing effect of the projects being funded that resonates through your community. And they come in and they talk about it and they see it. And really, long story short, a lot of the games, just because they were kickstarted, um, that doesn't really change their, their box appearance, their gameplay value necessarily. The stuff that I bring in, it's all quality stuff. Maybe... It, it could have been a game that wasn't Kickstarter, but it was for whatever reason that manufacturer or publisher decided to use. They they fit on your shelf just like any other game. And there's plenty of games. It's not like they have a giant neon orange box that calls them out as, I'm a Kickstarter game. Stay away unless you bought me early. I mean, they fit into your line. There's no reason not to get them. Well, other than some stores say, no, I'm not going to get them because the one copy I would have sold has already been sold. And we cannot, we've already talked well, about that. Yeah, we've talked about that, and and those people, you can't change their mind until they're ready to to make a change of that point of view. And if that's the point of view that they're going to have, I respect that point of view. I don't agree with it, which is why I choose not to do that. Um, but I can't convince them not to do something that they are just so so headstrong about and have such strong feelings for. 
And again, I respect their opinion and I wish them the best. And I will sell all the Kickstarter games that I can because they continue to sell. One of the things I say, uh, one of the reasons I argue that this has been so significant is because right now there, there's millions of dollars a month pouring into the board game industry, pouring into independent game designers, uh, first timers, but also not necessarily first timers. Uh, we're seeing, for example, we're seeing artists who had to contract mm -hmm. their work out to one or two publishers now finding so much work because of all the games that they're actually able to spend more and more significant of their time. We're seeing the artwork in Kickstarter games hit a phenomenal high, high quality, oh, yeah. incredibly uh, professional artwork. Yeah. I, w I was actually having a conversation about this. Uh, I went to the Alliance open house yesterday in Pikesville um, and I was having this a, a very similar conversation to this, that a lot of artists, they can continue to do art as a profession instead of doing game art on the side and other things for their main job. They're seeing a lot of specialization. And we were talking about people that specialize in game art, whether it's cards or box art or rule book layouts. I mean, you're seeing a lot of people that are specializing. So you're getting that much higher quality that you're talking about. You are. You, you, card you, art is like fantastic, and box art is incredible now. It is, and 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 this is, and in our industry, in the board game industry, that's a really high priority. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, gameplay is important, but if the stuff looks cool, that can sometimes compensate for subpar rules or subpar gameplay. Man, it's just a gorgeous game. So you're seeing money pour into artists. You're seeing money pour into the entire ecosystem of distribution and manufacturing and the specialization and the maturing of the industry where people are now getting to apply their full-time efforts to bringing excellence to the board game industry is bringing – I know people argue that it's flooding it with mediocre games, but it's actually – there are more resources. This is where I come from, and I'm getting passionate about it. Mm -hmm. but, but in the olden days before Kickstarter, if I wanted to bring a game to market – I had to mortgage my house, go borrow it, put it on credit cards. I had to skimp, oh, save, yeah. cut corners, low-quality production, and I had very few resources to turn to for help, which then resulted in a lot of people losing their shirts on games that didn't get play-tested, didn't get thoroughly yeah. vetted. And now on Kickstarter... Yeah, the, the lack of funding and backing really put a chokehold on the creative process and the, the bringing a quality product to market. And now you have forums on Facebook and on LinkedIn. You have entire groups of people building up as consultants and expertise. You have manufacturing. You have logistics. There's so much supporting resources to help bring good games to market. Like I said, we said artwork, board game layout, board game design, the feedback. It's become – it used to just be Board Game Geek was the only place you could go, that kind of inclusive, mm -hmm. almost gated community. Now – it has exploded and blown open where anybody with a game can go get professional level expertise and guidance to help them make sure yes. that their game is the best that hits the market. And that's why I think it's a – Yeah, they, a, yeah there, there's plenty of resources out there now, like you said, for, for people to – and a lot of times that's why a lot more of the Kickstarter games I think are becoming better and better. And they're – quote, unquote, they're less of a risk for you to back or for – for a game store to want to bring in than they were two years ago, even a year ago, because the levels are, are ratcheting up in the quality of production. Right. It's a better game. 
it's been looked at by people. There's better art. There's better rules. There's more playtest time that goes into it. So, okay. Well, our time yeah, is all up. those things are inclusive. Oh right. man, already? Yeah, and we've actually gone over a little bit, but it's my show, and I get to do that. And especially when I'm passionate about this, <laughs> Josh, I certainly appreciate you taking uh, a few minutes of your evening. It's very late; it's past midnight where you're at. To talk to us about this issue. Oh, that's okay, no problem. So, so people can get a perspective from the game store's perspective. We're going to have to have you back on the show so that we can sit down and talk again about helping Kickstarter project owners understand how to work better with uh, with game stores. We'll do that on the next episode. Yeah, that'll be great. I'm I'm always happy to help and look forward to seeing you next time. And you know, if there's ever anything else I can do for you, just just give me a ring. I will, Josh. I appreciate it. You've been listening to Funding right. the Dream on Kickstarter. My guest has been Josh Githens, the co-owner of Boardwalk, a uh, game store in Greenville, South Carolina. He is currently at the World Board Gaming Championships in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. We caught up with him a little past midnight uh, where he's at, and we talked about the impact of Kickstarter on the game stores and maybe some alternative ways of looking at this impact for the positive rather than for the negative. Hopefully you've heard something inspiring. I certainly got passionate about it. And we will look forward to hearing you, seeing you next time so that your project, whether it's a game, a movie, a film, whatever it might be, is out on Kickstarter so we can help you fund your dream. Thanks for listening. Take care.